Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Wisdom's Echo. This is a daily podcast brought to you exclusively by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and I have the pleasure of sharing with you an insight of the day. Now, today I want to share with you about what I've been experiencing as I encounter the jealousy of Yahweh. Um, As I was engaging the scripture verse of the day today, which is from Psalms 119, verse 105, it says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is a really popular scripture that a lot of you have um, heard before and probably a lot of you have repeated before. Um, But I realized today when I read that, that a lot of people attribute the the value of um, the word used in this scripture verse to scripture, but it's actually not talking about scripture. It's not talking about the fact that scripture is a light to our feet and a lamp unto our path and that we're called to walk only where we find scriptural precedence. It's actually using another word and that word is dabar. Now, the Strong's reference on the word dabar is H1697. If you want to look this up, the Hebrew letters that show up in this word are dalet, bayit, and resh. Dabar or Davar. Um, and it's a noun that means speech or speaking, literally a word as in an utterance from Yahweh, not a record of what he said in the past through the lens of a um of, of the law and the prophets, but quite literally it's rooted in the word, um, very similar word Davar, which is a verb, H1696, if you want to look that one up, which literally means to speak or to converse. Now I find the use of the word converse very awesome because a conversation is an interaction between two subjects. It's not just a one-way speech or a one-way address through the form of some kind of decree. It's actually a conversation. Other words used to describe the word that will go out from Yahweh's mouth, um, uh, and that is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path, um, is a promise. And even cooler, a warning or a threat. <laughs> I find that to be awesome. But here's another one that I think is really cool. It says that um, the word devar means to sing. And I love that because every time that I've ever kind of been carried into a revealed um, uh, kind of image of what the beginning looked like when Yahweh spoke... In the beginning, Yahweh created the heavens and the earth. And I know we've always been told that Yahweh spoke and he said, let there be this. And he said, let there be that. And it was good. But I've always seen it as a song and a like an orchestra of sound and color and light and emotion even. As Yahweh began to sing a song that was so powerful that it collapsed all of creation into existence. And, uh, and so that's the word that's being used here, that the word of Yahweh is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And when you put it into that context, it makes a lot more sense and it grants a whole lot more permission. You know, if you think about scripture being a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path, that would mean that we, that our path only leads us where scripture is willing to go. Or it might be better said that our path is only going to lead us where other people throughout the the timeline of human history have been able to go with Yahweh. And that doesn't really fit with the, with the model that's put on display in, um, 
Whenever uh, Paul would say something as crazy as no eye has seen nor ear heard nor has ever entered into the heart of man what God has for those who love us, but it's revealed by his spirit. And so there's a truth that's revealed in scripture that in order for us to go the places where Yahweh is calling us to go, we actually have to be tuned in and and fully connected in our inner man to that voice of Yahweh. Um you know, there's uh, the word that's actually used um, for word. Now, I know I mentioned uh, davar, which is the Hebrew occurrence of the um, that concept of the word. It's not scripture. It's the literal word or the voice of Yahweh. And actually, if you look at all throughout the Old Testament, um, there's... Uh, every time the word, that word occurs, word, I know that's kind of weird to say the word, word, (laughs) every time that occurs, it's, it's literally revealing and it's referring back to the voice of Yahweh, the actual direct, um, speech or utterance from the heart of Yahweh. Um, and there are other cool things about the Hebrew language that we don't translate, um, sometimes as well as we should into English. For example, there is no Hebrew word for presence of Yahweh. So every time in scripture, when you see, um, the concept of, oh, the presence of the Lord was before them or came upon them, it's actually a word, um, that means face. And so it's saying that the face of Yahweh is with us and the face of Yahweh is upon us. Um, and so the Hebrew concept there of the word, uh, um, is actually really cool. The spoken word, the promise, the conversation, the eternal song that's being sung by Yahweh that carries the authority to uphold all of the universe with his word of power. But even in the Greek, um, you know, like for example, you might remember John, uh, the gospel of John verse, uh, chapter one, verse one, which says in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, in my last podcast, I may have mentioned this. uh, It was called The Heresy of Religion, and I was talking about how the original Word of God is the voice. It's not the Scripture. The Scripture came as a witness to the voice as it was revealed through the lens of the Law and the Prophets. But even the word used in Greek there, which is logos, carries so much depth and... um, the word logos, the, the strongest reference here is uh, G3056. The first definition of it as a noun means speech or literally the utterance by a living voice is what it says. Come on. Or the embodiment of a conceived idea, the, the concept of what someone has said, a continuous speaking or an ever-present resonant frequency. That is so cool. But even as you go further down into the strongs, um as, it's, uh, as it kind of reveals the depth of the concept of Logos, it says that it's the mind of Christ or the mental faculties where he finds, uh, where we find his source of reason, meditating and calculating. Um, uh, the, the next one that I thought was really cool that I wanted to mention here was um, that when you dig into the concept of Logos, it says this, in John's gospel, Logos is used as a placeholder for the person of Yeshua, the Mashiach, the essential word of God, the personal wisdom and power in union with God, his minister in creation and government of the universe the cause of all the world's life, both physical and ethical, which for the procurement of man's salvation put on human nature in the person of Yeshua HaMashiach. 
the second person of the triune Godhead. And he shone forth as the evidence in his word and his deed. Also, you know, I like to say also known as the scriptures, his word, the record of his word and the record of the deeds that he did in the earth while carrying out the ministry of his life. That is the evidence of the fact that he is the word. And so I think that's an important distinction to make is that scripture is not the word of God. Scripture is the evidence that Yeshua is the word of God. And so as we meditate on these truths, um, you know, it reminds me of a scripture that has been so powerful to me from Isaiah uh, chapter 55. And I think starting in verse 10, I'm flipping to it right now in my Bible. Yeah, starting in verse 10, it says, um, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, says Yahweh. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish all that I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent. And this is another occurrence here. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. He's saying, so shall my davar be. So shall my utterance be, the speech, the content of my eternal conversation. Um, and, and my eternal promise and the song that I sing will not return back to me empty. And you know, the thing here that I think that we've got to point out and that really brings a, a new understanding, a new revelation of the authority of Yahweh's voice is that it doesn't say that there has to be any kind of earthly recipient, whether a prophet or an oracle, to record what's being said in order for it to succeed. It simply says that so shall his word be, like rain and snow unto the earth. It will not return void, but it will succeed for the purpose for which it was sent, and that was to water the earth, to literally become the very provision by which the earth responds. Regardless if anyone is there to record it, regardless if there's any message behind it, if it becomes a parable, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't say any of that. It says that his voice is so powerful that he can induce change in the earth without any mechanism by which a recipient or a, um, a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a conduit in the earth to pass that message along. His voice is powerful enough to carry itself. We do not, there does not have to be a record of it. And so as you engage with Yahweh, as you allow his word to be a lamp to your feet and a light unto your path, remember that he's going to speak things to you. He's going to whisper things to you. He's going to sing a song to you that carries no precedent, that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no heart in all of history has ever dreamed up the, um, the, the, the content of what you, that you might be seeing and hearing from him, but take heart and find trust and find confidence with him that his word is good, that he is faithful to carry you into increasing revelations of who he is, regardless if there are any other hearers. Um, he is such a good father that he can carry us without us ever even having to carry ourselves or justify ourselves or make things make sense. That's the cool thing about him being God, him being infinite, is that we don't have a box that can contain him. He, he doesn't have to make sense to us. He just desires to walk with us in communion and reveal to us his heart and reveal to us really who we are. 
And so I pray that this word encourages you, um, that it moves you to think more deeply about the application of Scripture, and that you would understand that Scripture is not your ceiling. Scripture is your foundation. It is your floor. It is the, the very substrate out of which all of who you are will grow into a beautiful biological beauty. And, 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 and it will just be such, uh, such a beautiful thing and a beautiful fragrance to Yahweh as you learn how to be rooted in the truths of the kingdom and also reach into all of the unknown places and all of the frontier of everything we've yet to discover. So I just bless you in this. Um, I declare over you grace and peace and that you would encounter shalom and wholeness in your body and in your mind and in your spirit man. Um, I will talk to you guys all on the next podcast. God bless.